Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Uh, it's the October 21st, 2017 edition of the podcast. Uh, it's been, once again, slightly quiet week in terms of news, but we got stuff to talk about for sure. Uh, there was usually a lot of, uh, there was actually some announcements from the Japanese side, which is kind of exciting. Uh, not only did we hear about some new games that are going to be coming out based on anime licenses, but we also got to hear some con- confirmations from discussions we had last week. For one thing, we've got Star Ocean 4, uh, The Last Hope, 4K and full, full, and full HD, HD remaster. remaster yes. yes. Oh, God, I hope that's not on the box. Uh that's been confirmed. You know it's gonna be. Yes, no, that is on the box. Like that's the full. Lo- that's the full title. Got that, it's and then it's the like. I'd be title. shocked if we even got a box release for that over here, though. I, yeah, I think it's digital only. Like, uh, it's getting released uh, to the U.S. and Europe on November twenty-eighth under that full title. Yeah. And the Steam page for it has that full title. That is the official name for that game. And right underneath it will be Banner Day One Edition. So it'll be Star Ocean for the Last Hope International Edition, eight four K and full HD remaster. Day one edition, Steam version, oh, man. Steam Deluxe, that, <laughs> digital deluxe. Man, if that's not a Square Enix title for a game, I don't know what is. Oh, man, oh, no, Kingdom Hearts has a run for its money. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's yeah. go for it. So let me go ahead and introduce everybody. Uh, you heard all their voices already, but we first off we got Josh Torres. Hi. Hello. Uh, we got James Galizio. Hello. Hello, and we've got newcomer to the podcast who's been with us for a few weeks now, at least. I, I'm very bad with time, so uh, my time spatial is off. Uh, a Kaz- month and a half. Yes, we've got Kazuma Hashimoto. Welcome. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome yeah, thank to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank Welcome. You. First off, what's your favorite RPG? Mine? Yes. Oh, Final Fantasy uh, 15, like oh, we discussed God. before no, the podcast. No, we did talk no, about that before the podcast. I don't want to talk about that game. I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. Uh, I think for a Western RPG, it's actually Neverwinter Nights. Ooh, and for good, good uh, JRPG or Eastern RPG, mm-hmm. it would actually be um, Yakuza 0. All right. a, a, a game. Oh, okay, of course. That obviously, you're, you've been helping a lot, uh, us a lot when it comes to translations. Did you play the original Japanese version of that game? Mm, yes, yes. I uh, have played all of the original versions of the Yakuza titles, yeah. Okay. Even uh, the spin-offs. So, I, uh, I just, go uh, ahead. Uh, how, how many uh, points cards are you going to use for the Yakuza Online mobile game? Too much. <laughs> uh, my boyfriend and I really like this series, and we've already doubled down when we said that we're just going to pull until we get the characters we want. <laughs> oh, and they've shit. already said oh, no. that... Uh, that some characters will only be available for certain episodes, and they've already said that Majima and Saijima will be available, so I'm going to spend more money than I should on any kind of gacha game. Limited banners in a Yakuza game. Oh, it, is, it is important to point out that the Yakuza mobile game, Yakuza, was just online, right? And that's Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a new protagonist, and so Kiryu, Kiryu I wonder if he's actually going to be in it at all. Oh, they mentioned that they would want him to be in an event, but they said uh-huh. uh, there would be no mention uh, when he would be uh, incorporated because they want uh, Kasuga Ichiban, the new protagonist, to really shine. Of course. Because his character is a big 180 from Kiryu, and they want to try to explore different themes and different dynamics with him. Here's what's going to go. They're gonna go it's going gonna, it's gonna to launch. It's going to go below expectations for a few months, and when they need money, they'll do the limited Kiryu banner, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Done. Or, or just Majima, because Majima is the most popular character internationally. That's true. So yeah. if they just release him, it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. And actually, I'm also curious, you said Neverwinter Nights. Did you actually mess at all with those modding toolkits that they had? Because I know that was like a huge thing for people trying to like learn how to develop. 
Mm. Uh, yes, actually. So I played Neverwinter Nights when I was 12 years old. My dad had actually bought it, and I would always get on the PC and play those games. So I would always mess with the Dungeon Master toolkits and make my own adventures and upload nice. them online. Oh, that's really cool. See, that's the mm. thing. Like that, like I also grew up playing that, but I used to um, be a moderator on a site called moddb.net, which is kind of a huge modding site. And that mm, was I used the... to download stuff from that. Yeah, no, I used to download from that. Yeah, yeah, it was like <laughs> it was like around that time. The uh, Sonic Unleashed mod for Sonic Generations on PC. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's obviously the biggest modding site. Uh, but like there was a time there for about a year while I was working for this site that I was a moderator on that side. I was right. I did reviews and things like that, but I noticed that Neverwinter nights, there was just a ton, a ton of mods specifically for that because of that, uh, that dungeon toolkit was so simple to use. And like I said, that seemed to be what a lot of people use to learn how to make levels and, you know, learn game design and things like that. So I always thought it was fascinating because, and it was also, you know, like people who like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that, that was a, a game they could easily kind of get into. So I was always interested in that. I did play uh, a good amount of that game and I was a huge fan of that as well. You just reminded me of that and I'm kind of surprised. I don't, did that game ever get an update like an hd update like the other i don't know if it got it like an hd like no. a remaster but i know it got like I, I know like it released like an expansion like like maybe six seven years ago i know there was like a, a somewhat recent expansion that was released to it they, they put it on gog i think it was just a complete edition because they really oh. wanted people to buy the or to play the mmo and i did oh, play that right. for a bit yeah. but it wasn't very good and um i know they had Ari salvatore right for it yeah salvatore i'm not sure to say his last name uh, but his writing quality has gotten really like questionable, oh, okay. so it's not it's not yeah, no it's not too good. No, oh. I mean, it is in my opinion. But maybe maybe other people like it, and that's fine if they do. Because yeah. you know, random question: Didn't the original Witcher game run on the Neverwinter Nights engine? Uh, the think... That sounds familiar, actually. <laughs> I think it could have sure. been. Uh, I mean, unless, unless someone wants to fact check that, but like, I only mention that because I know a lot of the other games got their own HD, HD updates recently. With you know, Icewind Dale and of course Baldur's Gate and all those other games uh, got their own updates like yeah. that. I was always curious if Neverwinter Nights did that, and I know that didn't they put like a Neverwinter Nights online or something like that not long ago, and that wasn't too great. I, I just think, know that the yeah. Neverwinter Never MMO maybe. Mm, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It starts it like it. Uh, it's the end of one of the books that he wrote oh. to introduce 5.0 or 4.0. I'm not sure which. So you actually had to have some knowledge of the books to kind of really get into it. Oh, that's oh, bizarre. That's like Akira. You can't yeah. Yeah, read the books before you watch it, and yeah. in this case, uh, read the books before you play the game. That seems pretty challenging, especially because yeah. those, those books are difficult to read sometimes. Neverwinter never Nights. Watch the entire anime and then the CGI movie. And there's a uh, Neverwinter anime. Oh my god! No, I'm talking about oh. 15. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, you gotta. No, wait. They'll tell you you don't have to watch the movie, and then you do actually have to watch the movie to understand it. <laughs> oh my god! But I, I think I think Neverwinter Nights is one of those really cool like landmark titles for the PC. That like you you start delving to like user creative, uh, interactive, create your own adventures, and mm. That was always like the the most the coolest thing about it to me, uh, because I, when people just started started trying to make the transition from like you know obviously uh, CYOA text to like how do you actually visualize that and how what kind of consequences can you make out of that, like it really really t- tested your creative metal like beyond dialogue. It it you had to like obviously you can be a talented writer, but like 
putting that the, those words to life and what that actually means for like your eyes really really cool stuff crazy it's, it's pretty great have you actually been um playing a cosmo any like the recent games from like chris avalon or anybody like that from the black isle studios have you played like you know torment or and tyranny or divinity or like those games that are also of that ilk i should say rather than just oh. from him uh well uh my boyfriend recently uh i bought him divinity because i really like dungeons and dragons oh um, yes so I was raised in a pretty uh, weird household. My dad is American, my mother is Japanese, so I have a lot of interesting intermingling uh, interests in that regard when it comes to RPGs. But, sure, sure. Um, I bought Divinity for him, we've been playing that together, and it's very enjoyable because yes. the Divinity series is as close to uh, Neverwinter Nights as any sort of RPG has gotten, with at least Western RPG has gotten within the past, I don't know, like decade. <laughs> And so it's very refreshing and very fun because it has all of the nostalgia, but it doesn't have the clunkiness of the original Neverwinter title. So it's it's, it's very good, very good. Absolutely, I haven't I mean, played Pillars yeah. though. Uh, okay, that's uh, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, you know, Larian Studios—they've been making games since that era to begin with. Like Divine Divinity, of course, was like the mm -hmm. first in that series, and that was way back, like what early two thousands. So, I think that uh, clearly they've found out a great formula for people who want that nostalgia for those older games those you know it's and it's not obviously it's not a, an action style rpg like neverwinter nights or baldur's gate was back then uh, not sorry baldur's gate i'm thinking dark alliance that's not you know i'd say it's, it's obviously you know, that, those are fun though yes. those are very fun mm -hmm. I, I wish that would had to come back you know that'd be so much fun to be able to play those types of games again did they ever do a real release on psn like the ps2 not the ps2 ps4 but like the ps2 classics thing on the psn for those games like dark alliance demon uh, stone no, um... i don't i don't i it maybe for dark alliance 2 i don't think they did though uh if i'm not I, i'm pretty sure that there wasn't anything like that because uh, mm. there was a plenty of great games from back then like legend legends of norath you know um and yep. yeah it, it's 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 like those types of games were pretty big in the mid 2000s as well but they just kind of went away and that's when central interactive was on their game man <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 amazing and i think that you know with the way that a lot of it is now where everything's all loot driven i can definitely see that um you know diablo of course is also kind of like that so uh it'd be great to see a game like that that a genre like that make a comeback uh and you know if ne a new neverwinter came out with a more robust uh modding toolkit because you know divinity of course uh is all about their mods as well it'd be really cool to see that yeah for sure i, I hopefully, hopefully the divinity original sin do like kind of put like you know we sparks that genre like like place inspiration to like you know aspiring developers who really want to go uh, into that and like are questioning like is the, is the market you know still not like up for this i hope that re that really you know gives them some incentive to revisit that i mentioned loot crates i don't know why i was thinking like you know maybe they could have loot crates mm -hmm. in, a, in a genre like that that'd be kind of mm -hmm. <laughs> what am i doing a whole studio shut down this past week visceral studios because they wanted loot crates in the damn star wars game <laughs> oh they didn't show yeah 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 that's right yeah, EA. yeah that was a weird statement from ea like the way you they worded that it's like they don't want oh. linear. Uh, they don't want linear, uh, story-driven games anymore. No one wants that. And I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that got through legal. You know, <laughs> the, I mean, they're the they're honest. I mean, that's, yeah, they it, want it games is brutally as a service. honest. Yes. 
It's hard. Well, to Jason that. at um, Kotaku said that that wasn't the real reason why it was canceled. That's just how they framed it. Of course, they did. <laughs> I heard there was a lot of internal conflict there, and they were having trouble. Like they didn't think the game was that was shaping up that well. That's kind of what I heard about it too. The Star Wars game that they were working on with uh, that ex Uncharted uh, writer, I forget her name. Amy Hennig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was mm-hmm. her game. And yep. so they did say they're going to take the assets and t- and turn it into something different, which might just be exactly what we're talking about, like a loot-driven, not loot-driven, but loot-box-driven. Might, might be like games-as-a-service thing, like maybe yeah. what Destiny's uh, going for. A um, mobile game. Uh, as part yeah. of- <laughs> the, 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 the most fascinating thing about this uh, that really frames it is that game was scheduled to come out uh, fiscal end of year 2019, I believe. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's the, the, weird, the weird thing about that is when you think about it, when you when the famous like you know single player linear style, when you think about games ahead of time in that direction, it's like you're putting so many so much time and resources into it. Will that profit in the end by that time if you're already placing this much money into it right now? Yeah. So from that from that perspective, it's like you're right, but it's like brutally honest about it because you know on the on the operating scales EA, it's like it's not about tens of millions of dollars for them. That like for them to for things to move them, uh, for for EA's company to move the needle for them, they see like in the hundreds of millions. It has to be like they're always going for big hits, uh, go big or go home. Because all the all the all the little stuff is just like their indie collaborations. I I honestly like after the after they canceled Star Wars thirteen thirteen and then they they canceled this game. It just makes it seem like is there ever going to be a Star Wars game that's going to come out that's not named Battlefront that people are going to be excited by? Because it's it and also kind of shows that you know the AAA space is kind of on death's door you know unless you're like one of a very few uh, developers that found a niche and totally took advantage of it like with Blizzard with Overwatch or games like right. that then it seems like a lot more success is being found from these smaller studios and you know it just yeah. makes me think that uh, Visceral Studios you'll see a lot of projects pop up like on kickstarter or something like that from developers yeah. and, hey and, let's and, make a know, new dead space you know that's... and that, that's not to say like you know i'm gonna like a lot of people are like you know fearful of like you know uh, other like say the japanese game space for example it's like oh what does that mean for them you know we're not saying that like single player games are gonna die we're not saying that you know more and more people are gonna stray away from it it's just at the triple a level when you're the bungees the activisions the eas of the world you know they're They've been continually trying to find ways for their games to continue to make profit after release. You saw the EA uh, establishing their own storefront with Origin. You saw them with the the, the online passes uh, with Origin, and also just you know just when, when you think about the Dead Space Three, Visceral Dead Space Three, and you think about you know how they had to make that game incorporate microtransactions, the weapon crafting table, and whatnot. This, this isn't a new thing for EA. All signs like kind of were pointing to it directions years ago. It's just now coming to full fruition. It just it just feels it just feels bad because of the way it was worded. <laughs> yeah, it's it, of course, <laughs> which is not surprising at all. But you know, it, it's also about the AAA space. There's very few AAA RPGs. Yeah. You know, it's mostly just the medium to smaller size. And, and you think space. about Final Fantasy 15 earlier. It's like you, they didn't stop. You know, with just one release. The, of course, that game is development hell. For you know, that that's a, that story has come and gone, but. Uh, Square Enix going through like extra mile of like trying to make that game continually profitable. It definitely a games as a service. It had a season pass. It has all this DLC coming. Uh, oh, pa- 
Yeah, the movie, the, the animated, right. everything like that. I mean, that's what Cosmo yeah, was talking right. about. The, the, yeah, the VR experiences mm. and all the other stuff. It's just, oh, it's insane. Yeah. Prompto oh, VR well, experience. Well, they need to make that money back somehow. Yeah. Um, so a while ago, before I was involved in, like, um, I guess game journalism, because like, I'm doing it now, um, I was in contact with a, a rep from Square mm-hmm. Enix because I was a Deus Ex super fan. And they would send me stuff all the time. And I remember one time on my Tumblr, and this was years ago, they said, Square Enix will only remake Final Fantasy VII if they're on the verge of bankruptcy. And that happened. Like, they announced that. So I imagine that's actually like what happened or what they were predicting with the uh, release of Final Fantasy XV. Well, yeah. And why they're pushing so hard for all this extra content, because they want to make the money back. They need to. Because fourteen, uh, despite it being very popular and very successful, isn't enough to sustain them at this point. I, I really wonder, like, how many, like, what, like, the ongoing, like, sales of, like, FF14, are they actually getting, getting a lot of new blood in there, like, as, yes. well, as the year uh, passes by? Are, like, sales of it, like, going up for it? Or yeah. just living the, on subscription? From what they've said, it's that they've never gone down in subscriber numbers. They've only been going up. So ever okay. since they relaunched, that's that's been kind of the story, because there was that... Um, documentary that daniel dwyer did on final fantasy 14 and that's what uh, yoshida said and that was you know pretty recent stuff the comments that he made about it and with heaven sword and um and stormblood and all those expansions coming out and they've with all these big releases it's continuously gone up so you know i'm sure it's a it's been a big uh, profit base for them and i assume final fantasy 11 even is still giving them some money oh, yeah. on the side because mm-hmm. there's still a you know yeah dedicated base for it's that. still their most profitable final fantasy i believe 11 yeah and uh, they haven't said yet if 14 has taken over but um they made a lot of money on that giant quest 10 in japan i'm sure it's making them a good amount of money too because mm-hmm. uh, there's obviously a, a lot of fans of that and 11's recent release i'm sure got them a good influx of cash it's crazy when you see like you know the contrast between uh drawing quest 11 versus final fantasy 15 because uh, you don't see like a bunch of movies and shit like that um but <laughs> where's my dragon quest 11 anime what the fuck i mean if you think about it it's that obviously with square enix is that their other uh uh high profile releases like with tomb raider and deus ex and all that uh for the western releases it didn't do so hot um probably because they kind of botched it a little bit with the tomb raider uh, the Rise of the Tomb Raider release with the Xbox One uh, exclusivity, timed exclusivity, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided obviously didn't quite hit their hit the numbers. But yeah, that, it reminded me of when they said that Tomb Raider, the original, the, the 2010 version, uh, missed their forecast and it sold like, what, 5 million or something? 10 like that? million, I believe. Uh, 10 million, yeah. So yeah. it's it's the ridiculousness. Um, but, you know, the, a lot of those games go and sell pretty quick, so I imagine they may have played a part in it. Like, you can get that Tomb Raider 2010 for, like, five bucks at some point. Um, so, th- I don't know. It, it, I agree. I, I totally can see what you're saying, Kazuma, that it seems like they are having a tough time. But it kind of think makes me think of other studios like Rockstar, where they have, like, one big release. And so they have to kind of rely on these smaller games to sort of pick them up. Although with Rockstar, it's like they've got like billions of dollars coming in with GTA. Oh, yeah, online, GTA. So. Mm, yeah, yeah they, they have the same, uh, I guess, the same factor that Blizzard has in which Blizzard can sustain themselves with their core three games. They don't yeah. need to branch off of anything else. Uh, Rockstar can then release just a GTA expansion. People will buy it because people love the open world experience of GTA. They love being able to do what they want without consequences and they just love causing havoc. Yeah. So people will buy this just for that experience. Um, and it's something that uh, GTA has done so well or perfected over the years that people will always buy this and always yeah. want to fund this. They really can't like fuck it up at this point. 
Yeah. Can yeah. I curse on this, or is that not allowed? No, no, no. That's that's, that's oh, definitely okay, okay. allowed. Right, it, but sorry. it also kind of makes you think that you know, no matter what, Square Enix has to aim for the mainstream with their releases. They can't really look too much on these uh, themselves. Like for example, uh, I mean, obviously Tokyo RPG Factory and and uh, and Silicon Studio and all those other smaller studios that they own, uh, they can straight up uh, just put out these. Um, smaller games oh okay they don't own silicon studio let me just make sure i, I don't want to kind of conflate the two with Tokyo rpg factory which they do but you know they can put up these smaller games but final fantasy 16 is probably just gonna be more of the same you know because they can't afford really to make something smaller because even if uh final fantasy 15 was slightly panned i guess um it still sold a ton of copies and uh made up for the fact that star ocean 5 kind of bombed for them i'm sure they invest yeah. a lot of money with that so yeah. you know it's yeah. it's that it's that kind of thing where it's like it's hard for them to want to invest in any big games anymore. They can't go crazy with the original IPs like they used to do in like the PlayStation One and SNES era. I think the only one that they the, the like a big original IP they have going for is like the Project Octopath Traveler, I believe. Yeah, but that's not. It doesn't seem like that's a big budget title. No, that's no, not. That's not big budget. I'm saying, but yeah. like in terms of like original IPs coming from them, I, I, that's definitely not you know, a triple A title space. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, I can't really think of too many other ones besides the fact that we're getting that Final Fantasy Seven remake, like Kazuma said, which is going to be episodic apparently. So they're going to yeah. milk that for what it's worth. Uh, when, when, I, I wonder <laughs> if, episode. like, I wonder if the next time we're going to hear about that is after Kingdom Hearts Three comes out. I think they didn't they already said that pretty much that that was going to happen. Like that was going to be yeah. Kingdom Hearts Three and then Final Fantasy Seven remake. Well, shit, <laughs> we're never going to yeah, hear from yeah. it then. Yeah, cause... yeah. Nomura has like come out several times and like apologized that he cannot update <laughs> on anything. <laughs> So he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, please have faith in me still. Like, uh, I can't talk about this though. Like, please look forward to it. You know, like yeah, of course. That whole thing. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Final Fan- uh, Kingdom Hearts Three will be out next year, supposedly. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. If we're lucky. Oh, who knows though? I mean, you know, there's definitely other uh, developers that Square Enix. Uh, I mean, uh, people that are with Square Enix that could be working on other projects. You know, they could straight up just announce that there's been this side project going on forever that they they suddenly announced but it just seems like unless it's for a smaller like smaller form factor like a mobile game it doesn't seem like the console space is, is specifically where they're going to spend like huge budgets on outside of their core ips so but you never know maybe there'll be like a totally different change in the in game development that it's kind of difficult for them to do something like that like i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and square enix put out a loot crate driven game because <laughs> it seems kind of shocking that that hasn't happened yet at this point it's i can't wait to equip cloud with whatever the loot uh, loot crates give me oh my god oh, i'm gonna get a headache what, <laughs> like, what are the rates for the ultimate weapon you know <laughs> it's still Ooh. you have to unlock it you can't actually get it. you have to unlock it you have to get it from a box all right Thanks to your line interested? account and your twitter to help uh, request for help oh my oh, god send out the request oh. i need backup reinforcement id <laughs> i mean that's what the all final fantasy 7 online is going to be a thing at some point i'm sure Ugh, just a bunch of clouds and tifas running around. That's all it's going to be. Uh, so yeah, let's get actually back onto the podcast. Let's get back on track here. Um, this all started because we want to talk about Neverwinter Nights and see how it went. But I think it's important that we talk about those things because this past week just kind of goes to show, like I said, with the, sh- the shutdown of Vissel Studios, a well-respected developer, um, that you know everyone's kind of at risk and it's kind of hard to imagine uh, this AAA space. Where yeah, everyone's just are, spending. Are happening in the industry, you know. There's a lot of shakeup right now, a lot of uncertainty. It's uh, it's important for sure. And it's it just shows how cutthroat the business is, the industry mm-hmm. is that people 
just you know it's hard to see about that there was that news going around like what nintendo uh allegedly uh only keeps on like a lot of the employees for like what six months and then they just lay them off and then they bring them in no later. That, that's true no that is true yeah that's yeah, yeah. True. Yes. yes that is true they do the same at ea as well uh, i have a friend actually who works at ea and she actually worked on mass effect andromeda and they can only keep you on for a certain period of time before they have to fire you and wait for three months to rehire you it's like pulling teeth to get a contract yeah. Like an actual contracted job That's at tough. any studios. Yes, yeah. Very... What is it? Because if, if the contract goes on too long, uh, then they have to turn you into an employee. Because obviously we're talking about two different places with EA based in, uh, was it California, of course. And then you've got uh, in Washington with, or, or, or is both EA and Nintendo in Washington? I forget, honestly. Mm. Yeah, because uh, basically the issue is that they don't want to give you the benefits of being a full-time employee yeah. because that costs more money. So they do this. And it's really shady and it's really shitty. Um, but it's how like, they save money, I guess, at the expense of their employees. And this is something that a lot of people who don't work in the game industry don't understand is that when it comes to this issue, especially regarding crunch, people really aren't given a choice because oh. they'll fire you at the drop of a dime and then hire someone else. Like it's not that people have much of a choice to actually do this or partake or willingly partake in this system. That's why I sounds kind of similar to uh, what my dad goes through in the uh, teaching field. They Mm -hmm. don't give you actual contracts. Like every year, you kind of have to hope that you get a renewed job, and sometimes you just don't get it. Yeah, you need tenure Uh, to last. Is like especially if you're a professor. I know. I I I've. Yeah, I know plenty of people that were like that. Unless they had tenure, they lost their jobs pretty quickly. And so, unless you went to like the hard hit areas, then it's obviously they're very desperate for teachers and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different. But uh, man, it's it's ridiculous. But let's get back on track. Like I said, with the, the, let's get <laughs> sorry, to the podcast. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, we don't have a lot to talk about this week in regards to news. So I, I think it's it's good that we have chats like this. But let's get actually first off uh, before we get into the news of the week. We always like to talk about the games that we've been playing since the past, uh, since our last podcast. And so first up, James. Uh, so I see here you've been playing some of that uh, Synchronicity Prologue, that Shimagami Tensei side scroller that came out, that free game, yeah. Metroidvania style. Uh, how's that been for you? I actually haven't played it yet, but how's it been? You should. It's very good. Um, I actually want to say I've seen. Um, Josh, have you been playing it too? I want yeah. to say I saw you tweet it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I've uh, I've played a little bit of it. I haven't actually finished it because I've had a busy week. Uh, but it's it's a neat little. Uh, thing that Atlas uh, put out. Uh, they teased it at first on their YouTube video, but it's obviously uh, for feeding into their Deep Strange Journey uh, promo. Uh, this is made by Core. Oh man, what was the name of the studio? Corbin Station, I believe. They were uh, they're like a Japanese indie group that uh, previously made uh, a similar type of game for the Konosuba um, anime, and that's a side scroller as well. So this is kind of like a pixel art side scroller okay. thing. Where you take control of the Jack Frost uh, or the Jack Brothers, uh, Jack Frost and Pyro Jack, and they're kind of working together to go to work through the space because this all takes place in Antarctica, uh, where Strange Journey takes place, and it's like in that you know weird demonic realm, and you constantly have to like switch between the the two of them uh, to get through the environment because it's uh, obviously one is fire, one is ice. If there's an ice block in the way, you have to use Pyro Jack to like melt it and all that kind of jazz. 
There's uh, also different enemies that are weak to ice or weak mm-hmm. to fire and shoot ice or shoot fire, different projectiles. And depending on which Jack Brother you're using, you might not take damage from an attack or you might take extra damage from an attack. It's an interesting mechanic and the game lasts just long enough that it doesn't get old. And it, I wouldn't yeah. say it's a perfect game by any means, but no, no. it definitely has a lot of interesting. It's a great free it. game. Yeah, I mean, even if it wasn't free, I probably would have paid like 10 bucks for it because it's a decent size. I mean, like two to three hours long, which for a Metroidvania, that even for a $10 Metroidvania, that would be a good deal. Um, the music is great. The boss fights are pretty fun. Like the first and second boss fights especially are probably the, my favorite. Uh, my, my, my favorite thing about the boss battles are like when you enter them, It the whole the whole sound design of this game is a big tribute to like the Mega Ten uh, franchise. You know, it has like the remix themes of uh strange journey but when you enter a boss fight it, it plays the original smt1 boss theme in it and it's Actually, like each oh, boss man. has a different boss theme yeah yeah i only finally played the first uh the, the first boss so I, yeah. I imagine so that's cool um yeah, really really fun game the story is it's it's simple but it's but it's nice there's a fan translation out there already um yeah. it's a nice little thing i mean it's a it's a nice little ode to you know jack brothers uh the jack brothers games cool. and also it's just a weird move from atlas that i hope people are like vocal enough to them saying hey we want more of this kind of thing like these weird little st- like side games that like you know for them to like just do something completely different like this is a nice little surprise there's a lot of heart to it there's a lot of like you know series veterans will like pick up on references like wow that you you actually like mentioned that in the game or you you uh or the way they kind of uh, visualized like some of the more popular attacks like you know you have skills that you pick up so I, I have Mabufu uh, and like what, what Jack Frost does his little sprite does he like he like draws a little circle like summoning circle and like an ice storm like little ice storm pops out of that to visualize hey there's like a, a big AOE ice attack it was just a little one though yeah there's a lot of fun things in there um, kind of a spoiler well, it's such a small game I guess I should mention it mm-hmm. um, you can even find a small Demonica suit oh really Jack oh. Frost and it's called the and when you equip it, it's called Dimahiho. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. It's great. And every time you jump, like when you when you fall, you kind of hear like a squeak. It's like just adorable. It's like, God, great game. Um, even if Atlas doesn't release anything more like this, it's worth mentioning that the developers behind this game actually did the Konosuba game that came yeah. with one of those Blu-rays a year or so back. So haven't played that yet. I will now. Um, those, those are those are awesome, especially if you like uh, watch the the anime or like uh, read any of the novels. It's it's like I, I think Robot Station like really excels at you know putting their own little twist to it uh, because they do. You can tell like they they put in research for these kinds of games because there's like a lot of neat little touches that they put into it that like just speaks to like you know like fans of it. They're just like oh wow, that's a weird little neat reference that you would put in there. Like no one would really pick up on that. That's weird. It's it's cool. I'm I, I dig it. I dig it a lot. It sounds like a pretty fun game, and uh, I didn't know it was actually the kind of super people because that yeah they put out that that free game as part of the Blu-ray release uh, of that series, which is it's an anime by the way. People don't know, but they put that game out, and it was like a fun little surprise uh, for that. But that's really cool, and um, I noticed here that you've also been playing some of that Raiden Five. Uh, did you play? Is it the PlayStation Four version? I is that what the director's cut was? Yeah, Director's Cut's PlayStation 4 version. Yeah. I actually um, bought the Xbox One version when it came out. Yeah. It was one of the few games that I didn't regret owning an Xbox One for. <laughs> um, uh, I, it I agree. Fun. I love writing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, I have actually haven't played too many shmups. I think the two shmups beside, well, yeah, I've played Rain 5, obviously, but I also, um, a big one I played was Astro Breed. So Rain 5's director's cut is still one of the first real shmups I've played. Um, main reason why I started playing the director's cut is because uh, over at Tech Raptor we got code and I mentioned that I'd played the Xbox One version. So it was an easy review for me to get out and whatnot. Um, it's not actually out yet, but it should be out in a few days. Are, are there any like significant like changes from like the regular version to the de- director's cut one? Not really, no. I mean, if you there's enough changes where if you haven't played it, by all means, pick up the PS4 or PC version. Mm-hmm. But if you already own the Xbox One version, there's not really enough changes that I'd recommend. Like putting down another 30, 40 bucks just to get the uh, PS4 or PC release. Like you have a two-player mode, but that's always so niche for a shmup, especially since it's going to be hectic as it is, and adding another player into the mix just makes it a bit yeah, crazier. It's tough. And then, like, in between certain levels, you'll have missions where they're kind of interesting. They're not exactly regular levels, but they're not quite different enough or not really quite substantial enough that I'd say they're really that big of a deal. So, I mean, I enjoyed the game, and by all means, Rain 5 is a great game. It's, it's a budget game, but it's a great game. If you like shmups, no reason for you not to pick it up. Like, the one excuse people had is, oh, it's an Xbox One exclusive. Well, now it's on Steam, so, like, go get it. That was pretty bizarre when I saw the yeah, Raiden. Uh, a bunch of the Raiden games were Xbox exclusive for a bit there, so I wonder why that was the case, um, considering, you know. I, 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 wonder, I wonder if they just had, like, a, a contract deal with uh, Microsoft over there. Maybe it does seem like Microsoft's trying to be somewhat aggressive, although it doesn't seem like that's so... <laughs> yeah, I think that's dissolved. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of gone away because uh, from all the rumors, it seems like, you know, Microsoft hasn't really been holding up their end of the bargain with their contracts. And so, like, w- the developers and publishers are like, why are we working with Microsoft again? You know, And, 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 and then, you know, it doesn't help, like, you know, what happened with Scalebound, you know, other Japanese developers are like, I don't know, man. I don't know. That was so sad because I had literally gone to dinner with Kamiya, like months before that had been like announced that they would be canceling scalebound mm-hmm. and he like professed that this was the game that he like desperately wanted to make oh man and, oh. yeah of course he said is. that this was the game he wanted to make before he even made bayonetta this was like his brainchild holy and, shit yeah so oh, it was man. so heartbreaking to hear that yeah it was very it, it looked like a really cool concept like we heard a little bit about it from alex here and there but it's just the the, the whole thing had like a like a, a little it had like a, a air of like style and swagger that like you know that's not really you see it in kamiya games but this was like on a whole other level i really wanted to see that come yeah, to fruition that's big news god I kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I, actually, I think that we had an interview with Kamio where he said as much as well. So I'm not, I'm not too shocked that that was his feelings. I wonder though, based on you know its its last big reveal that it had at what was it Gamescom or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. three where like is the, it was the whole package his idea or was it that you know a lot of it was and then they threw in things like that weird co-op play that that was you know that looked really obviously it seemed pretty early but like the fact that it was supposed to be out. Uh, last year and then this year, and it just kind of fell apart. Uh, I wonder what the what the problem was. I have no idea. He actually didn't mention anything regarding the multiplayer because uh, he started telling us about how much he hated uh, Takeshi's challenge. Actually, oh. that's what he started talking about. <laughs> they did just put out yeah. a fan translation of that, by the way. If anyone wants to oh, play that's that funny. game, yeah, yeah, no, 
Yeah, that was most of our conversation was him saying how much he hated this game, and he had a really funny story about it too. Oh, right. But... That's, <laughs> That's cool. Good boy. Fucking think I should charge, man. Oh. Uh, so, Josh, uh, you didn't put anything. Did you play um, any games this week? The main game that I, I'm playing, I can't really talk about. Um, so I'll talk about that next week. Uh, other than that, I've been kind of dabbling with Fate Grand Order's Halloween event, which wow. is. You know, MOBA gay stuff, and also I've just been playing uh, Gundam Versus on the side here and there. Now, not much big updates on my end. Oh, okay, yeah. I I tried to roll mm. for that Halloween event that's been going on, but I suck at gotcha I, uh, games. <laughs> okay, my friends no and I made a blood pact uh, yesterday. We're like, okay, we're going to do one simul 10 roll between three of us. So um, the, we did it. I didn't get shit. I don't think anyone got shit. I think one person got like a four-star craft essence but then one of my other oh, friends who, who didn't get shit uh like kept on like i forgot if he single rolled or whatever but he eventually got to mamo uh last night so very happy for him because he hasn't gotten shit meanwhile him and uh and our other friend like i got maybe three or four or five stars out of this banner but not to mamo which uh kind of really pissed me off <laughs> even though people are like fuck you you got a five star i'm like i know but it's not the five star i want Good lord. I know. I've only been having luck in like Terra Battle because they messed up the achievements. They gave away like 400 energy, <laughs> which you need yeah. 30 energy to, uh, to summon like uh, uh, the, the big roll. Uh, kind of like Fate Grand Order. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I, I'm kind of like hoarding that stuff though and, and waiting for like a big event because right now it's still like the early stuff that they're just yeah. trying to you know the pack of genes or something like that. I think it, what, what, which sounds weird when I say it. Uh, but. That that's been going on, and also Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, they're having that Card Captor Sakura event. That's, that's on right. for another few former days. I've had, I've had pretty good luck with that one. I'm kind of shocked because it seems like that's the type of game that would be the most brutal in terms of gotcha. But I've been getting some pretty good characters. Like my entire crew is pretty high up there on the tier list, so I'm happy. About so that. for the Card Captor Sakura thing, because I don't play Grand Blue, do you just like earn the characters after you do their event? Yeah, like stages. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a typical thing. So you go through the story. They're all fully voiced by the original voice actors, which is great. Yeah, I've been seeing videos and gifs all around Twitter. It's like, oh man, this is like kind of amazing. It's pretty great. Like even from the the splash screen, the the opening the uh, event screen, they play the opening of the first uh, season of Card Captor Sakura. So it's very okay. nostalgia driven. And of course, they're doing this because in a few months, uh, that series is going to have its own uh, another TV anime, which yeah. is going to premiere. Pretty excited about that. And so just playing through that again, um, and going through the story where you hear, like I said, all the voice actors and everything, uh, with the original dialogue and all that, it's been pretty great. And that's probably the thing I love most about the series, because they do that for that. They've also done it for, like, Sakura Wars and um, a bunch uh, of Tokyo other uh, yeah. Slayers. You know, they've done a lot oh, yeah, of different right. ones. Yeah. yeah, And you can go uh, back and watch that stuff anytime. You don't need to like awesome. have, be part of it. You can just go through this archive and check them all out again and oh, go through the stories. Sweet. I really like what they did uh, Tomoyo there because she's just yes. like... <laughs> and the bushes like popping yes. out and like, when, like I think it's like a specific victory or something like that. Yeah, like, like, like I think when, does, uh, when the Sakura does like her windscreen pose thing, like she'll just sometimes like pop out of like in the bushes and take pictures of her like <laughs> during, during the windscreen. It's like all the little touches like that is just like yeah i think i think sakura has to be the wonder win or something like that but yeah that's 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 great and that's you get cool. like different uh costumes for sakura and yes you get to recruit them and you get a role for them as well like uh different outfits and such so i'm uh it's it's definitely like i said it's it's why i'm a big fan aside from the fact that you know it's in english which is great you know yes. i don't have to know japanese to appreciate this like figure in order uh which the 
English side, once again, is pretty far back in terms of content. Grand Blue Fantasy, I'm, uh, you know, they're all up to date and everything. Uh, I could go back and play the old events that I could before, like I just said, um, and be able to enjoy all that stuff. Uh, so it's that's why that currently is probably my favorite game right now. It's it's exciting, uh, which is weird to say, but then again, there's so much story to get into that I barely touch that uh, gotcha stuff, which is probably why it's so much fun. Anyway, that was all about my stuff. So next up, <laughs> Kazuma. Uh, you you did mention before that Yakuza Zero is your favorite game. You're still playing it, apparently. Oh well, I'm actually doing a live stream, um, and I'm talking a lot oh. about the culture in the games and the language as well. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. Along with like the variance of like dialects between certain characters and sort of like the structure of the Yakuza, because I'm actually really interested in Japanese crime syndicates. <laughs> I thought uh, you were saying so... I'm part of the Yakuza. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, well, there's my story, but no, no, no. Think about the Yakuza thing, no, okay. but the Yakuza mm. didn't play it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, uh, it's more like, uh, because I have a lot of followers who are really interested in that, I decided to start a live stream, so I do it, like, every Wednesday or Thursday if I have the time, and I do, like, a chapter at a time and talk about, like, certain words or, um, just the cultural differences in the way that, um, East Asian people, like, interact with, like, uh, their parents, for example, or parental figures, or how people might be othered in society due to not being conforming to traditional standards of what, uh, Japanese people think you should be, uh, just so people have a better understanding of a lot of the themes in the Yakuza games that kind of get overlooked um, due to that difference. Right. Um, yeah. Like I think there's a there's a fascinating amount of research that goes into like every one of these games, but I think Yakuza Zero is a standout one because it is from that you know '80s era of like depicting what Japanese culture was like back then. Mm, yeah, the bubble period. Like that was a lot. Yeah. Well, what would you say is your total time in Yakuza 0? Does the sheer hour count right now? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've played three versions of the game. I've mm-hmm. played the European version. I've played the North American version because my um, my friends actually got me the collector's edition, the North American version, and sent it over to me in Germany. And then I've played uh, the non-localized version of the game as well. Uh, and now I'm doing this again. So I think I've played the game almost four times, around 20 hours each. So... So would you say it's like over a hundred hours or a hundred hour less than a hundred hours grand total? Less than a hundred, I think. Uh, oh. I'm very, I'm pretty quick when it comes to games, uh, so it's not anything that's too crazy. I also like I haven't done the Dragon of Dojima mode in this one though, so that's I haven't even started that. That'll that'll be a, like a sixty hour playthrough for me. Though, <laughs> uh, well, how did, what do you think about like the the localization of uh, Yakuza Zero? Like, you know, do you think that uh, I forgot the team, uh, not Atlas themselves, but another team does it? Uh, wh- how do you feel about that so far? Mm, so, from playing the Japanese versions of the game and playing the North American versions, they did an excellent job. Actually, they did a really good job uh, because the tone was consistent. Uh, the just the language they used um, was excellent because. I'll use an example, and this is going to be a bit strange, I guess, because I'm like talking about a completely different game. But yeah. I was playing near Automata, and I was playing it with Japanese audio but English subtitles. And there was one word they used to describe a character that just did not translate at all. Like they completely mistranslated that, and therefore changed the entire tone and how you could potentially view this character. Mm. And that really soured the experience for me. Oh, that's not And with uh, Yakuza Zero, they didn't have that, but in Kiwami, they did have that for me. So hmm. Kiwami was so-so for me, but Zero was really phenomenal in its uh, localization, actually. Very good. I wonder if part of that has to do with the fact that there was already a translation for Yakuza, like the first one, 
and maybe they reused some of that translation for Kwame. Mm. No, no, no. They no. actually changed this. Yeah. They changed it. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Huh. That's they had to yeah, make and... it. They had to actually make it like fit into the to Yakuza Zero, and like they they basically made it like smoother to transition the stories. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah, that's that's I, I heard that a lot, and uh, that's why it's like you know. It should be a lot easier to get into that. Are you excited about the Yakuza Kwame 2, the changes that they announced regarding like uh, the um, the clans and the uh, uh, other stuff, the Cavalry Club, I think they said? Yeah, I actually reported on that. Yeah, yeah. sorry, that's uh, you. That was you. I'm sorry. Was yeah. that cool? Um, uh, yeah, like, uh, so the clan creator in 6, I wasn't too big on it, but it's like your big way of how you make money, so you like are forced to do it. Uh, now it's a tower defense game, so maybe it will be a <laughs> yeah. bit better. All right. yeah. Uh, yeah, so you have to like build up your structures and like uh, spend money on them, so Majima's buildings won't get knocked down by so, all these do, wrestlers. Do you, like, do, you, do you like plant like wrestlers as like your tower defense, like they're like shooting something at like the incoming wave? A bunch of New Japan uh, wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> so Are you just, like body slamming like creeps coming down? So you have nine nine characters you can pick to add to your team, and you uh, pick them with the clan creator cards. Now you get Kiryu as default, and he's probably like a gold card or something, and you get like a bunch of like random characters or whatever, like no names, like uh, mm, we'll just say like uh, Tatsumaki Tetsuya or something, I don't know. Um, and yeah, Bob, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they'll, they'll be like very low ranking and they can kind of get you through like the initial stages, but then you can unlock other characters to add to your arsenal and they all have, they all have their own like unique moves. Like uh, Majima has his move where he like spins around and he's like holding his blade so he can like knock out some enemies mm -hmm. uh, that he hits. And it's just about basically executing your skills on the right part of the map with the right amount of enemies around you to really utilize it well. Um, and I don't think they're going to make you buy character packs because you actually had to buy character packs in Yakuza 6 for the Japanese version. Yeah. And I don't think that will be continuing in Kiwami 2. I think you can probably just like get them. So that won't be too bad. That's good. Um, Yakuza 2 is still my favorite Yakuza to this day. Oh man. Um, that's actually one of my least favorites. <laughs> <gasps> really? I thought that was like, yeah. the consensus because I enjoyed mm. Yakuza 2 as well. So I love Ryuji. Like Ryuji's my boy. Like I love him. He's great. <laughs> like that is my man. I love him. Um, I can say that a million times. But I really, really hate how they wrote Kaoru. Like that ruined the whole game for me. Oh, like okay. I can see yeah, that. I get that. That ruined the whole game for me. Uh, so like I can't, I'm not gonna say it because people haven't played the game right. yet, and I'm not gonna spoil them. But Ryuji is absolutely worth playing it. But that ending was like on a whole, like, new level of, like, extra Asian drama that, like, yeah. me as, like, someone who grew up, like, watching Asian dramas was like, wow, this is too much. Yeah, you're like, right. It oh, was pretty yeah. It was pretty cheesy. I do remember that part. That's, yeah. That's yeah, but Ryuji. Yeah, Ryuji he's is good. pretty great, yes. I do agree with that. And I, I just, I'm looking at some of the screenshots from that clan creator. Yeah, it's like this weird isometric thing where you just see a bunch of health bars on the screen and gold going up. It's... That looks like that's that could be super addictive, especially if it's like a, a never-ending uh, mode or something like that. Like you can keep playing it as much as you want. That could be right, super right. fun for replayability. I forgot you. They have uh, Cyber Troopers Virtual on in there, right? Yes, yes. they do. Yes. Uh, All right, that's it. That's not all I'm gonna do on that fucking game. <laughs> they also have the uh, the mini games where you can go to the bathroom. Oh so yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah, and like those are real games. Oh and yeah, you pissed all, to yeah. play uh, play a game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's there too. Uh, but the hostess <laughs> minigame, the Cabaret Club, is what everyone's looking forward to yes. because it was so fun in Zero. 
Uh, and the new girls, um, they've kind of upgraded from, like, Grub Your Idols as, like, your competition, <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. just straight on, like, porn stars now. Oh, so. that's, oh, man, that's amazing. Because yeah. I remember, like, anytime they announced the Grub Your Idols in, such, uh, in Japan, there was, like, this big excitement around it. Like, who's going to be in it? I hope it's my favorite. And so, uh, apparently, yeah, now it's just straight up the adult industry. So that's kind of kind of fascinating. So besides that, though, it looks like you've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV as well, which we can add another person to the staff who apparently plays a lot of that game because we've already got a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. The, so... They had the, the Return to Ivalis, uh, Ivalis or whatever. I don't even know how to fucking pronounce it right now. Ivalice. Ivalice. There we go. Ago, yeah, on yeah, the I... 12 is my favorite Final Fantasy game, so seeing this was, like, really good for me. Like, 12 and Tactics. Like, I kind of lumped them together. because yeah, Tactics. Line. I don't know about 12, yes, but I, Tactics, yes. Uh, <laughs> mm, love Tactics. Uh, and the way they tied that story in was really great, actually. Like, I was very happy with it as uh, a Tactics or, like, Evil East Alliance fan. Because at first I was very skeptical. Because my opinion of 14 isn't very high regarding its narrative, I'm actually pretty harsh with it. I mostly mm-hmm. play for the challenging content, like the Savage or Extreme Mode. Like, that's why I play the game, to, like, beat that content or play that content. Sure. Um, that, I know that sounds, like, really weird that I don't play a Final Fantasy game, that Final Fantasy game for its narrative, but I'm like, yeah, just, like, throw, like, the like the hardest thing at me. Like, I guess I'll just do that for, like, 20 <laughs> hours, whatever. Um, no, I literally spent, like, 10 hours trying to clear Thornton X, like, when it came out. It was too much. Um... <laughs> Uh, the the return to Evil East raid I think was very excellent. Um, I'm not like I'm I'm pretty iffy on Stormblood, but uh, I think that raid was just outstanding. They I had really uh, the they actually have the Royal City of Rabanastray or whatever now in fourteen. Rabanaster. Yeah, Rabanaster. See, I can't even pronounce any of these things. <laughs> um, uh, how how faithful is that in its recreation, like compared to what what it is in FF twelve? Mm, well, you see the front and then you go into the waterway and then that's it. Oh, that's it? I thought it was like yeah, that little robust. All right. Uh, okay. Well, it, it's, it's the first part of a three-part raid. Okay. Because the, the ending is very open-ended, and it has to do with one of the Zodiac Stones, so there will be, like, other uh, other bits of the raid, sort of like Crystal Tower or um, Void Arc and things like that. I will pretend I know what those things are as a, a FF14 expert. Uh, well, Crystal Tower is literally, you just play Final Fantasy 3, like, you do, like, the Labyrinth of the Ancients, the Crystal Tower, and the World of Darkness, and you literally fight the Cloud of Darkness at the end. Okay. And Void Arc is a unique scenario for Final Fantasy fourteen, and the end, you fight Diablos, like, the Final Fantasy Eight Diablos. But, okay, the, the real question, when are they adding Doom Train to FF14? And then uh, I'll consider... Actually, Yoshida had mentioned that at yes. one of the fan fests a year ago, that in the Garlemald expansion, they would potentially put in Doom Train. Oh, no. I heard about that, and I was so excited just to think about that. Because <laughs> they really, they changed up the look of Doom Train a little bit later on, didn't they? Like, uh, I forget I forget what game it was, but they brought back Doom Train, and it looked like it had, like, a face on it. It was, uh, so... it was 8. It was yeah, 8. Yeah, it was, it was eight. yeah. yeah. And, like, Doom, Doom Train's design in 8 is the one I think of uh, when I think of Doom Train. Because oh mm-hmm. it looks so dumb, but I loved it's using freaking it. Freaking Train. <laughs> Just ridiculous. But then it. again, like, there was a murderous chain before, so I'm not... I shouldn't sure. be too shocked about that. That's cool. I mean, the uh, FF14 is still doing very, very, very strong. Yeah, it'd mm-hmm. be great to play it because, I mean, obviously they changed it a while back where you can play up to level 30 for free. So anybody here could give it a I, shot. I wonder if I still have my old-ass character from Realm Reborn. Like, oh, I, I the, the last time I, I touched that game was I beat, like, the base of Realm Reborn story 
like a month after release, and I just did it in a span of a month, so I don't have to like resub. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, um, your character will still be there. Yes. Okay. I I just remembering like the login details. Mm. Mm, yeah, that's rough because Square Enix support is. Uh, mm, mm, yep. Yep. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, there. So, is that is that been it for you though? Well, Yakuza Zero and Final Fantasy fourteen, pretty much. Mm, yeah, and like Yakuza Kenzan. Of yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm just don't make me feel bad. Jeez, don't talk about that game. What? Oh. what? Why? Oh, oh. Do you, oh, have you played that? No, they keep they they have all these they, great they games that they it. won't localize anymore. <laughs> okay, guess. well, for anyone who wants to play the spinoffs as Kenzan and Ishin, yes, there Ishii. are fully translated guides out there. Someone has actually gone and fully translated the entire oh. story, all of the cutscenes, all of the sub stories, all of the mini games. Oh, wow. they've actually that. done that. Oh my god! I know there's been like play is the people posted with like subtitles i didn't realize there was actual yeah. guides out there there's oh. a guide and please oh my god please play ishin that is so good that is probably like one of the best yakuza games available. Like, i played I did, the demo yeah. and I, I had a great time with it uh, but obviously not being able to understand the story was a real pain so i i now i've got incentive to go back and play it i wonder if they're able to decide to put those games on the, uh, on the, for them. the only recent thing of ishin that i've seen is hot steamy gifs of, oh that's uh... so good yeah the okay <laughs> they even <laughs> mentioned that in kiwami because ki like rents like an adult video and he's like no no it's just like two dudes fighting like it's really awesome <laughs> yes. like it's like a, they're like fighting it Na- like naked in like a bathhouse and it really gets me going yes. they're like dude that's like it's like porn he's like no 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 it's a martial arts video <laughs> it's a martial arts video and they're referencing the scene where um in Ishin, uh he fights Ryuji in a bathhouse and then Ryuji's theme plays but they completely reorchestrated it oh with traditional God. instruments they reorchestrated everyone's themes Holy everyone shit. yes it's that's, so good that sounds it's, amazing mm, like you have a Mine's in it uh, Majima's in it, Saijima's in it, Kashiwagi's in it, Kazuma, all of them, everyone's right, in it. All right, I'm everyone's going to it. Amazon Japan right now and see <laughs> if they ship it. Oh no, and uh, if you want, I will I will send you guys the link to the guide because it's it's very good. It's very all fun. right. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna uh, bookmark that and definitely gonna try to make time to play it. Shit, Jesus Christ, awesome. Well, for me, um, this past week's been kind of weird uh, because. I was playing that Neo game and I was working um, on a build for about about 15-20 hours and then Team Ninja put out what's called patch 1.20 and that patch completely screwed the game Uh, it's it's (laughs) really you don't you don't understand I am very upset yeah, and I uh, I, over the over the past several months on this podcast, I've been talking about how Team Ninja has been putting out patches that's been ruining the balance of the game. They did it again, and I have completely flipped my, my opinion of Neo. It's it's super upsetting. It's very unfair the, what they've been doing to that, and I can't believe Team Ninja has been doing this. It's so stupid. It's so awful. And how, how's the Neo community these days? It's uh. really pissed off. Like I'm, mm. I no no joke. I think everyone mm-hmm. is pissed off, and yeah. the worst part is that what Team Ninja's been doing to that game, it's that what they do is that I guess they stick around the community forums. They find people who found some sort of a way for them to be better at the game. Team Ninja comes in and nerfs it. They've been uh, like ninety percent of the time they've been putting out nerfs. Ten percent of the time they put out buffs. So the whole like you know. Uh, there's been nothing but nurse and very few ways to like counteract that. And it's been super upsetting. So all they do, especially in this new, uh, 
abysmal they put out which is kind of like a challenge tower of sorts where you get like i think you have like 999 levels uh if and uh each level has got like a challenge and they put like different buffs and d and debuffs on on your character to bring the challenge uh to make it challenging so a lot of the times what's been happening is that they basically put make enemies deal more damage not just in abyss but overall like in the in the, right. like the new content they make enemies deal more damage on the higher difficulties and have a hot much higher defense so the way that players got around it was they have this build which is called critical living weapon living weapon is the spirit animals that you got to bring along with your character anyone who's seen like uh you know concept art i'm um, screenshots for the game those animals that you have around you um there's a okay. gauge that once it fills up, you can un- you can hit uh, to unlock your living weapon. It's like a think of it like a limit break or something like that that lasts for a period of time. So you deal more damage and your stats get increased and all that stuff. Um, while the living weapon is active, if you earn any experience from killing monsters or if you have like a little uh, piece like a magic spell that lets you uh, get experience just by attacking an enemy, uh, it refills that bar. And so the way to exploit that is that it's not really an exploit. It's that um, you can focus on a build that has equipment that increases the amount of damage you do when you're in living weapon mode. Um, And what Team Ninja did was severely nerf that in this patch. The only way we could get around that, they nerfed it. Like they they basically made it so that the only way we could survive in this game is by using that that uh, that build. And so they, since by nerfing it, it ruined a huge part of that game for us. And mm. so it's been extremely frustrating uh, to have to witness that from a game that I, when it came out, it was very well made, very well balanced, and it was fun. Uh, ever since then, they've been ruining it, and it's 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 annoying. And the only way I can see them coming back from this in, with Neo Two is mm. getting rid of loot. I think that's the only way they can get around this anymore because uh, the problem is a lot of the game now, and actually since its launch, it's been way more about the build that you have or the equipment that you have and very little about the um, the skill that a player has, you know? It's it's like in Dark Souls, of course. A lot of it has to do with skill, your ability to you know parry and all that and, and get around enemies. Uh, in Neo, it's been a lot about the build. And yeah, so it's, it's that's, been... That's it's, not fun, yeah. yeah very much power creep. It's, it was interesting what, uh, at the start, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was asking what your build was. Like, what uh, what build you decided to go with? Uh, it was based around the critical living weapon because that was the only way I could survive. Because I was what I was going to do was that I was going to take a, a shot at the abyss mode, like I was talking about. Uh, but because they nerfed it, there's I have no more avenues really. Like I can make something now, um, but what they do, which is really annoying, is that when they put out a nerf. They give you some items to make up for it, like a book of reincarnation, which is basically like you can uh, reset your character and put the stats in what you want again. Like they had some interesting things when they put out this most recent DLC, uh, Bloodshed's End, which was they removed the level cap again uh, to make you go up to, I think, 750 again. Uh, Also, you can put your stats before you capped your stats at 99, you know, 99 strength and HP and stuff like that. Um Mm-hmm. They removed that so it went up to 200 instead. So you can have more flexibility with the way you created your character, which was kind of interesting. Uh, but the build that I had was kind of based around that. It was based around that. It was based, like, you could create multiple uh, armor sets and stuff like that. Like, you know, maybe in this point you want to have one that uh, 
can give you more experience you know like obviously that's for farming or grinding you can just straight up have mm-hmm. that for me it was like it was sort of like an all-around build in a sense because there's definitely a, a build that you can have that just straight up murders everything uh you can get up like hundreds of levels in that floor in the in the abyss mode uh without much effort at all uh so that but a lot like i said a lot of it was based around the critical living weapon a build that people had because it was kind of like it it was like a fallback, but a lot of it hinged on it as well. Because, like I said, for most for most of it, it's that the only way you could survive was with that. Otherwise, because uh, because there's a way where like uh, uh, there's like this skill that people found out or that they they added, where that um, uh, the lower your health is, the more damage you do. Which is kind of like, you know, classic Final Fantasy or something like that. You know, like, you know, Final Fantasy IX, I think, had something like that. Uh, like, Quinna, I think, where, yeah, like, you had the least amount, the lowest amount of damage you did, like, the bigger critical hits you would hit. Uh, so, they, like I said, they nerfed a lot of that stuff. So, the game has been so severely unbalanced, and Team Ninja's lost a lot of, uh, you know, fa- it's a lot of the faith in the fan base. Uh, so, it's easy to see why someone would be upset about this. And so, like I said, they just butchered it. They butchered this game so much. You wouldn't know unless you were really paying attention. But, you know, this game's going to be out on PC in a couple weeks. Uh, uh, of course, they have that, that big release. But if they plan on putting it in there with this most recent patch, uh, unless they decide to, like, uh, go back and remove those uh, nerfs and, and just let it be... You're going to find a lot of people not wanting to play that game, or at least those that are playing it, not being able to manage the higher difficulties because it's so Here's Here's how they're going to play. They're going to boot up this little program called Cheat Engine. And uh, have a little fun. I mean, probably, right? Because that's like the only thing I can think of because you can play that game offline. Honestly, that's the only way I can see them going around that. But even then, uh, there's someone I know who's at the the level cap. And uh, after this nerf, uh, after this patch, they can't fight anymore. So imagine someone who spent that much time in the game to level up, to max out the level of the character. They didn't use any of the exploits that came out, like that weird glitch from months ago where uh, you get stuck in the ladder. Like, you get this enemy who's stuck in a staircase and glitched into it, and then if you attack it once, it just kept feeding you Amrita, which is the experience, over and over until, like, you know, you decided to just kill it immediately. So um, he just did it the normal way. So he, he must have spent like hundreds and hundreds of hours in that game creating the right weapons, the right equipment, because there's ways you can craft like specific stats and skills into your equipment. Um, all that was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's basically what that comes down to. And I, I, felt like it, I felt like I needed to just mention that because when Game of the Year comes about, I'm gonna have, I, I don't think I'm going to even recommend it for any of the awards because this is just bullshit, like straight up. I, I just hate it. I hate it so much because Neo had so much going for it. it. All it took was just this patch and all the patches that came before it. But this patch, I think, was just, you know, it was the nail in the coffin for me. Like, unless they, like I said, remove the loot from Neo 2, I just can't see this game being any good because Team Ninja just can't be trusted. <laughs> it just feels mm-hmm. like that, right? Wait, wait, wait. Neo 2 is going to happen? They already pretty much confirmed it. It's going to have a different oh, okay, uh, protagonist, right. but yeah, yeah. William's there, gone. There's no official guys. announcement yet, but like, it seems like it's, it's going to happen. All, all, yeah, all signs point to it. No, it's, it's, I mean, they pretty much confirmed it because they said they're looking to a new protagonist. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. definitely going to happen. Thing. Yeah. I, definitely I, have to say, I, as someone that really the only um, um, connection I've had to Neo since I beat it back in February has been listening to you talking about going through DLCs. I'm really glad that I beat Neo when I did because it feels like 
I got the best possible experience I could have gotten out of that game. Um, the only way you're gonna have fun with this game, or at least you won't be frustrated, is that you beat the story on the regular difficulty and call it a day. That's all. If you decide to go outside that and try to do anything else, like complete all the side missions or try the abyss mode, like I said, you're not gonna have fun because it's it's or go to the the try the new game plus the new game plus plus because. The way the Souls games have been able to manage that is that they don't have the loot, you know? It's like everything's placed in specific places for a reason. Uh, in this game, it's straight up just, you know, you're getting hundreds and hundreds of pieces of loot. Like, I've got maybe, like, a two or three thousand pieces of loot on my person. So, uh, and in the, in the, you know, the storage. It's also like... Yeah, a, not to mention how you're constantly going through loot, especially when you try to get that Blackfist trophy. Um, Blackfist. The um, Blackfist trophy. Uh, I don't know why. It's like <laughs> the blacksmith. blacksmith yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got to like the other things. You have to keep like um, breaking them down, selling all the stuff, buying a bunch, breaking down, selling stuff, like grinding for that trophy. Yeah, like, at some point, like you're spending like 15, 20 minutes in the freaking menu at the blacksmith shop trying to like just sort through everything. I it mean, seems... that's pretty much what I did for a lot of my time spent with that game because that's the way you can get like the best armor and equipment. And it was exciting, you know, when you're finally able to get like a set that's perfect because it's a lot of it's a roll of the dice. Uh, it's like gotcha in a way. Uh, and to get the particular build, a uh, particular craft that you want because you basically put some uh, materials into a recipe that you have or, or, or a smithing text that you have and you have the chance of, of getting a very great weapon or a great piece of armor and that's exciting when that happens because then you're like oh i've got a huge advantage and then they go in and nerf it and so like the the stats on that particular piece of armor that allow you to do like huge amounts of damage when you attack somebody from behind a lot of it gets nerfed and that's just imagine how annoying that is how extremely annoying that is when the, whenever that happens that's what i've been feeling over the past several months so like i said if you plan on playing this game on PC, I I, I implore you, don't bother <laughs> with any of the outside shit because you're going to get super frustrated because you're going to realize uh, what we've been doing, people who have been playing this game, who've been sticking with this game, have had to put up with. What you want to do instead is that, like I said, play through it because the weird thing is, and I mentioned this last week, it's that the DLC, there's a character in that DLC that's clearly going to be in the sequel because they don't address what happens to this person. So and the DLC, so it's clear that she's going to carry. It. That's how I know there's going to be a sequel too, is because it's a cliffhanger. So that's well, why. Wasn't it's... there a cliffhanger at the end of the original Neo story that pretty nope. much tied? No, nah, really. nope, nope. It pretty much. It, it's like they they're going. They all said we're going to go home. That's all it was. The DLC is what set up a, a new story and didn't Wait, finish it. What? Yeah, because once you killed like Thousand Eyes, like doesn't. Um... God, what was his? Um, no, they just go home. Character? William just goes home. <laughs> that's that's no, the William. Thing. He he sees like some like a vision of like the wars happening like back in Japan. And he just heads right back. Okay, that's the well, end that's, of the that's, game that's, before the DLC. That's what the DLC is. Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. saying is that there's a character in the in the game in the DLC that that has a cliffhanger as well. But I would not say that necessarily would be that that could that could easily call, say just you know Japan's going to be in danger no matter what we do. So like it's not like immediately it's all go away. So they could end the game right there, but the actual sto- um, uh, season pass DLC actually has a character who doesn't get uh, who's a, doesn't get killed. So clearly they're gonna something's gonna happen to them. A bad person, <laughs> something a bad character doesn't get killed. So that's why you know it's clear that there's gonna be a sequel. In any case, I, I was playing that. Um, I mean, I wasn't playing Neo this week. It was just that patch that came out, and I checked it out, and I just saw I was. All the color drained from my face. It just pissed me off so much. Um, but 
I also started Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, and that's been really fun. Uh, I've been meaning to get to that game, and my brother sold me his Switch uh, a couple weeks ago, and so I finally got the chance to play that. I've been a great time. Uh, I've been doing what Adam talked about last week, where I'm focusing on the costumes that I need to get around to all the areas without being restricted. Uh, then I focus on the shrines. I'm up to about 30 shrines, I think. Nice. Yeah, making pretty good progress. Um, and the shrines haven't been difficult at all. You know, they're pretty straightforward, at least for what I've experienced so far. Um, are, are you making use of the new Switch features that they uh, added to it? No, no, no. Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but yeah, that Switch stuff is kind of silly because, well, yeah, they put out Switch firmware 4.0, which allows you to have, like, video capture, which, but it's only for 30 seconds because I guess, I think James mentioned that, where it's, like, it's within the Tegra chip, but, and it doesn't have a hard drive, so 30 seconds is nothing. <laughs> like, that's a... Like, that's a it, it, but it's, is, is it, after you uh, put it up, like, on social media, is it stored locally, or do you, uh, do you have to manually delete it, or what? What happens to this 30-second clip after you put it up? I mean, I haven't personally tried it, but I assume oh. because it's built in the chip, I think it... Mm-hmm. I imagine it saves to it, like just like a photo would, because it's probably just like another option in the storage area of the Switch. Um, but obviously, because you're not working with so much space to begin with, I probably wouldn't save any of that stuff permanently, because like, why yeah. bother? Especially with 30 seconds. So uh, for me, it's just that you know you probably would be yeah better off just having a capture kit, because why bother with with yeah. just 30 seconds? Because that's that was neat, but with the competition already allowing you to do up to 60 minutes. You know, it's just not really. Hopefully, I mean, there's like it's there's good for sharing moments, I guess, not for yeah. sharing like large stretches of a game. Like it no. works well for Twitter because you can just quickly post whatever just happened in the game if it was interesting or not. Because yeah, thirty definitely. seconds like those, is enough for that. Yeah, definitely one of those. Like, holy shit, that just happened! I like it. It saves you the trouble. Of like, oh man, I wish I got that. Well, you mean like, like all the other consoles? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But you know, it's like I said, since you get to go back sixty minutes in a game, it's like if you're in the middle of a firefight, you have a way better chance of. Uh, you know, oh yeah, I mean, for sure. It, 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 it's it's relatively like you know inferior to the other consoles, but yeah. it's, it's a start. Hopefully, they expand it. I don't know if it's possible to expand it. Um, I hope so but... because usually those ha- moments that happen last longer than thirty seconds in Zelda. You know, it's like usually it's like a chain of events that come uh, mm-hmm. that happen, and like it just sets off something that lasts for like maybe a couple minutes with like you know a bunch of monsters fighting you or something. But yeah, we'll we'll find out. But I I also thought it was weird that part of that firmware update lets you transfer your save data in your profile but it's one way and it's permanent <laughs> so i don't really i don't I mean, see the benefit a, the, of that yeah it's 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 more pronounced here because like it's the same way with 3ds transfers too it's a one-way thing with that like Stupid. if you're upgrading i don't like it it's either bad because they already have a switch like transfer system in, in place for like if you're switching systems like this is just for your profile and your save data and yeah it's like if you want to like take it someplace else to play with friends like you can't really do anything else you know that's <laughs> it's, it's it, bring like, your own switch yeah you better permanently keep it on your friend's <laughs> switch like can i borrow your switch because i messed up sorry can i have that back <laughs> like no I, <laughs> it's the awkwardness around that um but Are otherwise i mean i i do i do like the uh some of the other changes that came about with you know like the map features and all that that's been kind of nice to have like being able to retrace your steps that's been nice. oh, yeah, the hero's path thing yeah yeah that's cool. yeah, yeah uh otherwise not really you know obviously i'm not going to check out the heart of difficulty so like i'm not really too inclined for that but for yeah, me, I'm, I'm, so, yeah i'm so fucking pissed like nintendo like rebalanced breath of the wild and it was like god awful what they did to link they just nerfed everything on that yeah way. i mean swayed up like my build for the no <laughs> i'm just saying the joke armor, about like the goron oh my god oh just... okay okay sorry sorry sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry. We, we, we cut deep with these jokes uh it's 
Um, but yeah, it's just been fun exploring and just seeing that world. It's insane how big that world is. Being able to like fly around and see things we often it's, it's amazing how much personality like the, each environment. Uh... All the characters. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's great. And and so like right now I'm in the Zora. Uh, sorry, the Zora uh, area. And, and fighting the divine beast there it's been mm. great and i just realized that i actually had to leave because um i've been putting all my um shrine pieces whatever they're called the shrine arts uh towards stamina and not towards heart so i have three heart oh, pieces well. but i have a ton of stamina so i just i figured I, if i had more stamina i could do a lot of the things that the game requires like climbing and flying yeah. and all that stuff that that's for the stamina and running um but uh but you one definitely hit, can just don't get hit yeah one, it's just one of those like three hard challenges that people do for like legend of uh yeah. ocarina of time and such i'm doing that with an open world game and that's not that's not safe the, the, the most difficult part of that game still is like the, the like the first like hour of the game i'm just getting used to everything it's like oh man i know at this, at this point with my heart being what it is with all the stamina it's like i'm playing a dark souls game <laughs> that's a legend is <laughs> all a dark souls edition uh but oh my god it's it's such an incredible game and it's yeah. going to be i think a game that a lot of us are probably going to fight for in the game of the year but i got to play that got to play near so we'll find out yeah let's get into news though uh so yeah i think one of the big pieces of news this past week um at least potentially uh, is that PlayStation Japan released a teaser for a new uh, post-apocalyptic apocalyptic RPG. Um, all they showed yeah. was a little bit of a teaser, and they said more information is going to be on the 26th, so we they don't know. They did confirm it, it was for PlayStation 4 and Vita. Yeah. That's all we really know. And there's like a little yeah. like pink tank or something rolling around it, too. I don't know. It was weird. It's pink <laughs> tank, and then like the graphics may look like a sort of like a Moss Center-style game, just because like you're so used to seeing like those types of visuals on a game that's going to be more about the enemies and the, and the open world because it the graphics weren't that impressive then again as you said it's a playstation 4 vita game but it's like an anime uh looking game so yeah it's, it's a weird thing yeah hopefully we'll get a better idea what the hell that game is that was a weird little like teaser just came out of nowhere yeah no okay. guarantees it's actually sony developed uh because it could have just been you know they are like publishing it that yeah. could be just it but i made me want to know if there was going to be like you know a new freedom wars or a new uh soul sacrifice would be great. Oh man, uh, news don't 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 play with my heart like that. The new soul sacrifice. <laughs> It'd be oh, amazing. The new soul sacrifice. That'd be really amazing. Yeah, like just like just like how God Eater Three is now like being built from the ground up on like a like a con- uh, proper console. Uh, yes. Man, thinking about soul sacrifice like being developed like as a ps 4s like lead platform. <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, wish God Eater Three being made with the Code Vein engine. Clearly, uh, it looks impressive. And then you've got this. Uh, Obviously, we've only seen a little bit of it, but this is the potential that could be there for having like another big uh, open RPG like that, um, anime based on the PS4, also on the Vita, uh, would be exciting. It's once again, it's kind of crazy. They're still putting out games for the Vita. If it's a PlayStation, if it's a Sony thing, it's kind of shocking at the same time, just because we just heard the news that you know that new pokemon game which i guess we can talk about now but that pokemon ultra sun and moon ultra moon they're going to be the last games uh the last main pokemon yeah, games believe, for the 3ds i believe ign reported that yeah um, that's yeah. been substantiated yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy the last pokemon handheld game you're right technical <laughs> of course yeah. of course i i guess obviously that's and you know that's 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 important yeah. to point out because they need that like in order to for the switch to really sell they have to abandon the 3ds for pokemon and get straight to the to the switch because otherwise there's not a big reason to own that system Man, quite can, yet. You, can, you, can you think about like how many how 
how long has it been since like we played Pokemon on dual screens? It's been a long while now. Absolutely. And to think this will be the last like Pokemon game that'll like use use those dual screens for all for who knows. Yeah, more than a decade, obviously, because we're going oh, yeah. back to like the the Nintendo DS era. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's 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 great, and I'm I'm happy. And apparently, it's going out with a bane because they talked about how Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, uh, it's going to be twice the length of sun and moon so it's a huge game it's not a sequel once again it's a story that uh diverges a little bit from the original but the fact that it's got twice the content is uh, at least the story content in any case uh is insane and the fact that they're working on this while also working on the new pokemon switch uh entry is crazy like i wonder what the size of the team is like but that's kind of what they've been showing um with this They're, they're taking it very seriously and there's some other details that they also shared about that. Um, they said there's going to be an additional episode after the end of the Hall of Fame, which is basically when you beat the game. Uh, and other stuff, too. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just quickly like, skim, uh, skimming a little bit about this stuff here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It does mention here that it's going to be twice the size of that. I wonder anyway, if was the, well, how long was like Pokemon Sun and Moon? Did uh, I didn't play it, so. Yeah. Anyone no idea. I mean, I, I can look this up. This is why you go to the website called <laughs> How Long to Beat. Yes, exactly. Sun and Moon. Pardon my keyboard, by the yeah. way. To... Yeah, I think only Andrea and who else played Liz. Liz, that's I played right. it. I actually played it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's. I mean, if you want to do everything in that game, it's about like you know, like forty, fifty hours. But oh my god, I mean, I I I feel like this. The thing is that now that I own a Switch, I was thinking about making Ultra like Pokemon Sun and Moon be my first Pokemon games I've come back to since the Pokemon Red and Blue era because I didn't play the games after that. I kind of quit it cold turkey, not for any particular reason. It's just that I felt like that series. Uh, I, I passed. I, I, I thought I was gonna get back into it at Pokemon X. I was like, okay, it's been long enough since like the last Pokemon game before X I played was like uh, Gold, no Silver. It was Silver. And then, so I was like, okay, yeah, to see what the hell is going on with Pokemon these days. And then, like, with, after, like, half an hour to 45 minutes of the X, I'm like, okay, I, I don't think this series is for me anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, for, if uh, speaking for myself, at least, it's that when they announce the new Switch game, I might get back into it with that. I think that'd be great because I'd be able to take it wherever I go. I, I'd, I'd love to. Like, I, I, I'm going to try to the Pokemon Switch. I'm going to try to see, like, okay... This is going to be like their first, like, quote-unquote, console Pokemon, uh, mainline Pokemon. So yeah, let's is. see what this is all about. I mean, it, it definitely is because, yeah, yeah they, clearly it's always been a handheld series yeah. um, mm. other than the spinoffs. Then they can announce a new Pokemon Stadium, too, with it. And then you can take your Pokemon Bro, still Pokemon from, Switch. I'm still waiting for Pokemon Snap, too, dude. It was, it was, it also, see, we used time for that shit, and they didn't do that. So I'm just like, well, let's keep the dream alive with the next one, then. It's just another example of why the Switch is so exciting. You know, just broadly speaking, because it seems like Microsoft and Sony, at least for me, have sort of dropped the ball. And I talked about this before on the podcast, but it just feels like they don't have the excitement around them like Nintendo does. And I, I'm hopeful. Uh, then again, you know, um, they Sony did change recently where Andrew House is no longer, you know, the, the president. Now it's they have a whole new person at the helm. And so maybe they'll start to, you know, and that's not to say that, 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 that was not to say that was, that was Andrew House's fault. It know? was because he's the one know. that said, you know, Nintendo Switch isn't competitive, <laughs> and, and all that oh, about you know handouts. You really? Know? Yeah, he said that. That was him, and it's. I think he okay. kind of, and he basically, you know, didn't take VR seriously, despite the fact that they're trying to take it seriously. Like he didn't clearly put a lot of work into it. 
So I think Andrew House uh, was probably in there for too long. <laughs> as much as I love Andrew House, I just feel like those those types of comments don't help anybody. Because if they're saying like they don't want to make a new uh, handheld, that's fine. But when they say the Nintendo Switch, they don't really see a market for it. I think that's really backwards thinking. Because clearly, I mean, it just passed they, two they're, million. They're, 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 they're uh, competition, right? Like they, they have like I, I from their point of view, they have like no reason to really like acknowledge it or care about it. That no, they, they pretty much said there's no market for it. That's different I know, than that, saying there's not... I'm, not, I'm saying that's from their I'm not saying that, the, like, you know, he's right or anything. I'm saying just from their perspective. It's all business at that point. Yeah, but I'm, I'm speaking about the context of his of his words, and that's that's kind of different. And the fact that the Switch just passed 2 million sold in, in America alone, or at least the United States alone, I should say, it's probably, you know, with the other sales in the other countries... Um, is speaks the whole story and i think that that's important and it's also because uh, you know that's it's something that's been going around it's like sony uh needs their hubris because <laughs> they uh with the playstation 2 era you know of course they they got a huge ego going into the playstation 3 and with the playstation 4 selling as well as it did it feels like their ego is kind of out of control again and so it'd be great to be able to, i'm not saying they don't have the games but, you know, a lot of their decisions in regards to things like, you know, cross-play, for example, they won't allow cross-network play with the Xbox, with Microsoft and Nintendo, despite the fact that Nintendo and Microsoft have a number of games that are cross-play between them. Just Sony doesn't want to get involved at all. It kind of just goes to show that they're very, their ego is out of control, like I said. I think they're very, uh, they're, being, they're being kind of nuts. And it'd be great to see them return to a better place. And... Maybe we'll find out with that with PlayStation Experience coming up exactly what they're going to do uh, to sort of gain mindshare back from Nintendo now that the Switch has been kind of a one-way success. Not saying, you know, Switch couldn't mess up next year, but we'll find out. And there's some exciting games still to come out. So I'll, uh, just speaking, just to kind of give a, 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 a bookend for that, I'm just saying, you know, just the Switch has been such an exciting thing. And I'm so happy that I have it now. That's That's kind of been my feelings on it. Despite the fact that I own all three consoles now, I just feel like I'm most excited about my Switch. <laughs> I don't know about you yeah. guys, but that's kind of... It's gimmick works, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty impressive just how many games have come out the first year. Like, I don't think I've seen a console that's had such a strong first year of, like, games lineup. They've never... I think someone put this out where there's never been a Mario, a Zelda, or a... Metroid. M- Metroid? Was it Metroid? There's Metroid. I saw, I know which picture you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the and, first and time it's decade. happened in ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, just be able to have all that at once is insane, and uh, it's exciting to see that that uh, that happening right now. And so, I'm I'm hopeful for that. And also, of course, that the fact that now it's a format where they can do a lot of traditional games. And this is what people were talking about last year before the system even came out. The fact that this is a format that allows for those traditional experiences means that we don't have to work around a weird gimmick anymore and publishers might be more inclined to develop games. I, I, I think I think going forward, I, I mentioned this before, but I think Switch's gimmick like uh, encourages me to just like go full digital with it. The only physical game I only have for that is Breath of the Wild, and that's it so far. Because it's just so handy to have like... All the games you want, just like ready to boot up without finding your cartridge for it. Yeah, and it tells uh, a story when a lot of these Japanese publishers and developers are putting their games on the Switch as well. And so it kind of loses um, the appeal of Sony, kind of g- goes away a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, obviously I'll always buy a Sony uh, console because that's where I hope like the RPGs go. But the fact that it's going to be also on the Switch shows that Nintendo is getting back a lot of those uh, publishers that they used to lose. I mean, we're supposed to get, like, a new Tales game on the Switch, so well, we don't know exactly what it's going to be, but the fact that there's potentially going to be that shows that 
you know, maybe there might, uh, there might come a day when the next Final Fantasy will be on the Switch as well. So I mean, yeah, you see, like, you know, other, you like... the uh... Octopath Traveler? <laughs> that's the Final Fantasy we want, really. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. That's uh, but, you know, you see a lot of uh, Japanese, like, you know, developers like Gus getting on that train early yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you have something to talk about later about that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's something exciting. And I think that... Um, I think the, the stigma, the bad stigma around Nintendo has sort of gone away, you know, or at least that it's not as prevalent as it used to be because the Wii, of course, was a, was a damn shame because uh, they really screwed that up. And the Wii and the GameCube, you know, they, they, had real, they really struggled, but it seems like Nintendo really got the Switch. You know, time will show whether that really pans out because, once again, it's exciting first year. It could be a really bad 2018 or 2018. All I know is we'll that by, by, by next week in this podcast, I will have played a good amount of hours in Super Mario Odyssey. Yes. And I'm going to, by all all hands and, and fingers, point to it being a really, 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 really fucking good Mario game. And I'm excited. Yeah, I forgot that's going to be out next week. Apparently, there's the there's a bunch of information that leaked about Odyssey today, and so you better stay away from social media because <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of the apparently there's some really big surprises in that game that uh, can completely ruin your experience if you if you find out about that stuff. So stay oh, away. No, I don't want. Okay, yeah, You're right. just stay off Twitter. And I, yeah. I really hope stay that the Best Buy um, sends my copy a bit early because they've done that with a few games this year. Apparently, for some people, absolutely. That's that. Yeah. Sure. The sooner you get to play that, the better, I think, just for your own sake. So moving on to the other news that we've got here, though. Uh, one of the other funny things, speaking of Sony and RPGs, Summer Night 6, Gaijin Works, they finally confirmed a release date for that game. after February 2017? Yes. Uh, no, it's actually late 2016, in fact. Oh, um, okay. That's That's been kind of the running gag. It's that this game has been delayed so much. Um, they haven't really confirmed a date since the first delay uh, from... Well, actually, I should say the second delay, right? Because it was delayed to February. I don't know, and so many delays. They, they basically... They ran into apparently a whole host of problems, including issues with the ROM on the software, the one being shipped to them being the ROM one, uh, failing certification with Sony a couple times, um, and other things. So finally, though, um, they finally yeah, confirmed that it's going to be out at the end of the month. Uh, Adam... Uh, has already been playing that game, and he'll be sharing his thoughts later. We, we're under embargo, so we can't really talk about the game. So is that uh, PS4 and Vita both October 31st? Uh, yes, North America uh, and Europe. Uh, I, think I, think, I, think, I think it's North America October uh, 31st, and Europe is like yeah, a little bit later. After. That's, that's yeah. what I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Europe was delayed later. I got that confused uh-huh. with um, another game that just came out mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. North America and Europe, like digital thing. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be out um a couple weeks, just a week from Tuesday on Halloween. Uh, so that's kind of exciting because Vic Ireland of um, Gaijin Works, who people don't know, he's from Working Designs, the Lunar Civil Star Story people. Um, th- he said, of course, all this time that it's the biggest projects he's ever worked on. It's substantial, a lot of voice acting, a lot of English voice acting. I will say one thing, uh, a little bit of a tease, that... Uh, people who like the working designs localization patterns, it's definitely here. So if you're not a fan of that, um, you can <laughs> That's find, a you can good see... or bad thing, depending on your. Um, I personally, your, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. And so that's why I'm excited because that's exactly what I want that game. I don't want the typical localization that like an X Seed or an East America will do. I want a Vic Ireland ass localization and it sounds just like what the industry needs right now you might be getting that a lot of puns a lot of dad jokes and that's what i want because that's the best i don't want the typical translation anyone who wants that it wants to be like a super faithful thing 
learn your ass some Japanese if you want to play Summer Night 6 that way. Because, boy, I can't wait to see what Adam has to say about that game. He's been sharing some of his thoughts in our Discord, but uh, you guys will find out about that in the chat. Uh, I'll say one thing. I don't know if Adam is a big uh, PlayStation 1 era working designs vocalization fan, but we'll see. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, And then I think that, yeah, actually, we're running to the last couple pieces of news that we've got here. Uh, the Fire Emblem Wars has been getting some DLC. That game just came out. We got a review up on the site. Eliz took care of that for us, and she seemed mm-hmm. like she was a fan of that. Pretty good reviews across the board. I was a little surprised to see that, but uh, I think it's just because, you know, Fire Emblem, and it's a console Fire Emblem game, and you don't really see too many of those. Uh, we'll have another one on the Switch next year, but, you know, that's kind of exciting. Uh, but, Josh, do you have the details about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, so, you know, uh, a few, like maybe a week or two back, you saw that uh, Fire Emblem Warriors was going to have DLC packs, uh, all corresponding to different games uh, that are featured in it, Fire Emblem Fates, Shadow Dragon, and Awakening. They have, Finally, on the eShop, they did confirm who are the new play, uh, playable characters coming in the future DLC. And uh, in December, the Fire Emblem Fates DLC pack will have Az- Azura, Niles, and Oboro as playable Ooh. characters. Uh, along and each of these uh, all have like uh, new weapons uh, or not new weapons uh, new costumes with them and I don't know what the hell this is I haven't uh, played Fire Emblem Warriors yet but it's going to be uh, new broken armor models in each of these DLC packs oh, of course uh, in DLC pack number two coming uh, February uh, will be Shadow Dragon characters that will have Navar, Minerva and Lind or Linde I don't know how you pronounce that um, and that will have four new costumes and six new weapons along with them and then in March, you'll have the Awakening characters of Wayne, Tharja, and Olivia uh, coming to Fire Emblem Warriors. And you can all get that uh, with the Season Pass with that. And if you get the Season Pass, you get the Bridal costume for Lucina as well. And yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's nice to know that like finally we, all, we know what we're going to be getting, uh, getting with the Season Pass of that game. So if, you have, if you're a big fan of any of these characters, well, prepare to... Uh, Spare a little bit more cash for them. <laughs> it's weird that, you know, characters like Tharja and all that, it's like, they're DLC. It's so yeah, weird. It's, it's, it's not weird because that's exactly their, pa- their plan. Oh, of course, they want you to pay money, obviously. I, mean, the, the I, back I, really, I really like Tharja, and I'm like, fuck, dude, do I have to, like... Uh... Do you own that Tharja model? I just want to know. Do you own no, that figure? No, okay. I do not. You know exactly I know what my, I'm talking I know, about. I know many people who do. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not, and they're like, do you own I'm like, I'm not, I don't actually collect figs. And people are, like, always surprised. Like, you don't collect figs? I'm like... No, I don't. I I don't own like one gunpla or anything. Oh wow! Oh, I, have you ever considered buying one? Because it seems like I've, you'd like uh, that. So. I, I I've considered it, and then I think about like, oh man, do I actually have the time to actually build it? No. Okay. Then well, there's some really, really small but ones. If you buy one, then it's a lot easier to buy the next one, and you exactly. don't want to go down that rabbit oh, hole. Of course. I mean, that's with any hobby, of course, that it, it's easy. But I, I, you know, there's some small yeah. ones. I mean, there's I, yeah. I, there's also like no room around here right now to actually like place a convenient layout. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen I've them. seen your house. I know exactly. Yeah, you don't yeah. have a lot of space. Um. I wait for some time, someone like on your birthday coming up, someone's going to gift you that. And then the next day, we're like, oh, guys, no. I can't make the podcast. I've got like five gunpla I got to get to. Oh, <laughs> shit. It's, it's a good thing kid. we don't have like, like any mailbox for the site then. Yet. Oh, yeah. We'll find <laughs> one. We'll get a P.O. box going sometime. Oh, no. And then the but last, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's Fire Emblem Warriors. It's out. That's uh, the, for, for the pricing thing. I don't know exactly how much the season passes, but for us separately, all these uh, DLC packs are $9 each. Yeah, I don't the season pass is actually twenty bucks. I want to say, that's oh. why. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's, Between twenty to twenty-five dollars, somewhere around there. 
that's that's how they get you. Uh, that's why you know. Obviously, if you're interested in finding more, it seems like you're just gonna get the season pass anyway. Especially if you want to play those characters. Um, hopefully, if they ever do this again, they go a little bit further back in the catalog. You know, besides Awakening. Yeah, I, I imagine like you know how it is with Koei Tecmo yeah. and their their Warrior series. Like they they like sequels of like you know their spinoff things. So I imagine they will expand that catalog if they ever do decide to make another Fire Emblem Warriors. Which also reminds me of like I wonder if they're gonna re-release Hyrule Warriors or make a sequel to that on Switch. Uh, I feel like we're waiting for that anytime. I assume they've they've been pretty successful because I heard good things about the 3DS Hyrule Warriors Legends. So I I wouldn't be surprised. But then again, I would be 3DS exclusive. Yeah. Goddamn. Well, three. I mean, obviously, yeah. But uh, you know, 3DS seems like it's going to go away pretty quick uh, without Pokemon and all that. Like, no one really has a big reason to buy it anymore with Pokemon gone because that's like the best selling entries. Um, but I mean, if anything, I could see them Nintendo like, well, now that you're done with Fire Emblem, how about this other series? Or not sorry, it's not a Nintendo thing, of course, but like, there's other properties that they could be looking at. Um, with like Nintendo Pokemon Warriors, yeah, Ooh, okay. that would be sweet. I would. There we go. I'd be. T- I mean, if anything, I'd finally, I'd, I'd Hitmon Chet and Hitmon Lee are front runners again in oh Pokemon series. I heard good, really good things about that game, and I, I wish uh, I, I was able to play that uh, that Nobunaga uh, Pokemon game. Uh, oh, the po- okay. Pokemon Ambition okay. or something? Yeah, Pokemon Ambition. Con- Conquest. Conquest, yeah. Pokemon Conquest. Like That's that's basically it, because it had the characters from the series in that game, but it was a strategy RPG, which is kind of fascinating. Um, but I totally want to try that sometime. So in the last piece of news that we've got here, uh, this was just announced uh, in the last 24 hours, but Full Metal Panic, which uh, won't only just begin a new TV anime, uh, they also announced a new strategy RPG, Full Metal yeah, Panic Fight, Who is... Dares Wins. <laughs> that's a really, it's that's a really a bad funny name. Title. That's an English name. Yeah, that's uh, it's basically uh, coming from the studio who makes uh, the Super Bowl Wars games, the BB Studio. It looked like uh, them, right? Yeah. The yeah, yeah. The, the the style of it, like uh, there's a gameplay or a teaser trailer up for it, and the the few bits of gameplay is very reminiscent of Super Robot Wars Neo that came out on the Wii. So it's not like a strategy RPG in the sense that's like it's grid based. It's more like. Uh, area based where like you have you can like kind of freely roam around in the space and then whoever's in that space by you you can attack them um but the details are light on it yeah. but it, it looks it looks really cute it's a it's a chibi style um and i'm really looking forward to it i hope that gets like an asian english release or an official release but this is all in the in the in the wake of you know they showed like a new updated trailer of the new uh tv anime adaptation of yeah. the full metal panic uh iv invisible victory and that's airing next spring in Japan, so I'm I'm excited. I I I never thought they would actually do a full Metal Panic, full blown PS4 game, strategy RPG. Even is um, anybody here a full Metal Panic fan? I read it when I was really young. But <laughs> yeah, that, I watched yeah, the Mofu and that's young. about it. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because the the season between the like the first one and the second raid, there's a famo. It's called Famofu. It's like a, a humorous, like kind of like not spin off, like the side stories uh, of it. And that's actually like a, a a funny good way to like start getting like you know friends into anime, like saying, hey, you know, I kind of like want to give anime a shot. Um, what's a good like a good like series like Full Metal Panic? Uh, Famofu is actually like you know regarded one like one of the better gateways into it and it's 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 an all-around good uh good fun time i mean it'd be kind of cool if they do the thing with like super wars but you have like a huge um like an encyclopedia or something like that uh to learn about the characters and all that and, and really get to know the series because that's that would be just good like a good source of information for people want to get into that i would assume yeah. maybe they'll announce I and mean, who's who's publishing this by the way 
Uh, it's, a, it's a bad Namco publishing BB Studio developing. Oh, so potentially a Bandai Namco Asia release with English. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's that's exciting. I mean, you did say Super Robot Wars, so of course that would yeah, be... I, I think, yeah, I, I would bet on it that it's going to get an Asian release because everything outside of Idol Master, yeah. uh, Bandai Namco does it. Ah, oh, man, what is Idol Master? Besides that VR game they put out, apparently that became an English release for some oh, reason. Oh, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> they also put out, like, Idol Master, the, like, the, the phone games, like, years ago. Remember that? Oh, like, yeah, the season? That, that was, it was, like, grossly priced. Yeah. It was like, oh. like I was like the mobile like game by like fifty it, it bucks six, or something. Like yeah, that? It was fifty sixty dollars each. Like there's three versions of it, and they're like fifty sixty dollars. And it wasn't each. even as good as game. yeah. It wasn't even like even up to par with like the PSP game. So I think like, I think there was like DLC for it too, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. man, it was English. Like what the hell? <laughs> what the hell was uh, this? Like was that their test? That the, like the test market for that? It was just I don't like, know. I I think I think it's gonna be really. Did you see if Bandai Namco decides to do an Asian English release for uh, that Stella stage oh. Idol Master thing? I was gonna say, did you ever go back? Because you covered Idol Master for the site, like last oh, yeah, year. Did Platinum you ever go back stars. to that? Platinum I played Platinum. a little bit more, but like it's just one of those things that like it's a cool thing. Like finally glad that like I gave it a shot, but I never I didn't really mess around with it after much of that. Oh, okay. I was I wanted to ask because I figured like the DLC, if anything, would push you away from that. Just because, yeah, like your favorite no, songs. No, yeah, I, I mean, look, okay. I, I, play Gundam, you. <laughs> I, I, I play Gundam Versus. I'm a big Gundam fan of that series. They released sixty dollars worth of DLC since it's released on September 29th. Oh, and, I saw that. You saw the and, picture. Yeah. And, and I've, uh, Where's Big Zam? <laughs> uh, you can play Big Zam, but not like officially. It's just like a, in a oh. mode in there. Like you, you can control, but like only like in the mode in there. But um, ridiculous. And, and this is on top of me pl- buying the collector's edition of that game in Japan, plus some DLC of that in Japan. So. Uh, I've 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 fallen for the trap of Bandai Namco. They didn't do it with me on Idols, but they sure did it with fucking Gundam. And it oh would be, God. it would be Gundam. Did you? Yeah. Um, speaking of Gundam, did you play that mobile game? Looks a lot like Gundam Versus that came out. Do you know um, what I'm talking about? I it, it could be one of three things. It's either G Generation. Or the upcoming Gundam Extreme versus mobile game, which looks really bad. Oh, or, I think that might be what I'm talking about. Yeah, it might I've only be seen that. pictures. I, I, didn't, yeah. I haven't seen an action at all. And there was some other Gundam mobile game coming out too, but it's. It's like uh, Neo? I don't know. Oh. Look, Japanese companies <laughs> threatening to the aim for my wallet. I know Anaplex is going to aim for that when they go to the Fate Stay Night Heavensfield US premiere event like in two weeks. Oh my gosh. Uh, You're gonna buy uh, a bunch of merch, aren't you? I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself no, but when I get there, <laughs> it's gonna be exclusive merch. You can, like, all I they know. need to do is put like it, this is just like with PlayStation Experience or anything like that. They just need to put a sign that says "exclusive for this event" or some shit, and then it's just gonna you're gonna buy it all up. I, okay, I'm... like it happened with the Madoka Magica uh, Rebellion US premiere, right? I was like, I'm not gonna get any of this shit. Then I see like this little cute coffee mug of Homura. I'm like, I. I'm gonna get oh, that. Just a mug. You probably you yeah, rarely drink coffee uh, at home, but you know. No, <laughs> but but of course, like that coffee mug, like it like disappeared, like after like three, four months, and like what? I have no idea who who broke it or stole it or whatever. I was like, I don't fucking. It's know, your man. little brother, right? He just he's sending a huge product no, of fan. Probably, yeah. Oh, it's course. either that or my nephew. Oh, okay. It's, it's awful. We'll see what happens. All right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, let's wrap things up here. So, uh, always, we like to share where you can find us. You can find us on RPGSite.net. 
uh, we got reviews up for uh, Tokyo Dark. We got we got a review for that. Um, that's the name of the game, right? I'm not. Yes. Saying. Okay. Uh, we got that. We got a review for. We just put it up yesterday. Natalie put one for Life is Strange. Uh, Before the Storm episode two. I've got to get to that. I really need to because I'm huge fan. I hear it's really fucking good. Yeah. I think Natalie said even that like I think she's be- it's better than like the base series. God, I still need to play the base series. It's been like five bucks for the whole season, plenty of time. Well, I got it on PlayStation Plus, so I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's right. It was free. That's true. Um, it was also free on Xbox, so I think. I think. Yeah, it was. It was every on human Xbox being too. on the planet has it if they yes. lo- if they check the stores. Uh, we've also got reviews for Five More Switch, like I said, uh, Children of the Zodiac, Children of Zodiacs, uh, and Golf Story. So definitely check those out. Um, I really want to play Golf Story. That's a Switch exclusive, so I should probably give it a try. There you go. Um, also on our Twitter account at RPG site on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash RPG site net on a YouTube page, youtube.com slash RPG site net. I finished up uh, Valkyria Chronicles three. So you can see the whole playthrough now. I had some trouble getting that up on the, on the YouTube channel, but now it's up there. So you guys can watch that all. I uh, don't know if I'm going to start another series anytime soon, just cause it was nice to have my Sundays back. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's been going on for like that. Was, I put up like thirty-seven episodes, so thirty-seven weeks of that, and I got done with Panzer Dragoon Saga like way before that. So it's been kind of nuts. Also, you can find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just search for TetraCast on our Discord page. Uh, excuse me, Discord channel. Our permanent link: Discord.me/RPGSite. Find that out. Finally, we'd like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So, Kazuma, you're the new person. Go ahead. Where can they find you on Twitter, on your handle? Mm, well, they can find me through that viral post if yeah, you want. Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh my God, that blew up. Is, uh, is your celebrity. app still crashing every time you check it, or is it good now? Yeah, my, my, no, I was out to, uh, uh, to dinner tonight with my friends, and I kept trying to check my Twitter because I actually uploaded selfies of like me not in the Kiryu costume. <laughs> and uh, it was crashing like every... like. Oh my! God. How, how, how many retweets does that uh, viral tweet now have? Fifteen k. Holy <laughs> shit! It was at like Last four before. Was, yeah, like five. No, okay, so so I should I should mention this that I was actually the official cosplayer for Pagan Men for Far Cry Four, right? Oh wow! And I was okay. on wow. yes, and I was I was on their page, and I didn't even get half the retweets this fucking tweet has gotten. This is that's this acknowledgement. fans, right? They're huge fans. That's that's such it, a that and a lot of like new fans that are like real thirsty. Like I have gotten some like <laughs> vile things said about oh, me, like in my God. mentions. Like, there you go. Oh, are, you, are you surprised? Are you surprised? Um, <laughs> is the internet? <sighs> Sorry, I can't, I can't oh. imagine that you thought this tweet would blow up the way it did. Oh, no, it didn't. Like I saw the tweet. A friend of mine linked it to me. She was in Japan. She's like, you need to see this. I was like, oh my God, like. I can do this. I own all the games. I already have the suit. Like I I look like this, so I'm gonna do it. I look like like you. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm just gonna do it. And I was like, oh, this is funny. Like I'm I'm trying to be funny because I'm not a very funny person. Um, and it just it just really took over everything. So yeah, you can find you're actually the most uh, funny person on the uh, internet these days. Oh, damn right. Mm, yeah, it'll be great when they. Okay, I'm not gonna say it. That's just vulgar. Anyways, um, <laughs> you got the you nailed the hair. I'll say that for sure too. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So what's your Twitter? Um, uh, it's Mad Adam underscore. Man, if you can turn internet celebrity into like a currency, uh, the number of retweets you get, the money you get. Ooh. But, 
Josh, a dollar, a dollar per retweet. Yes. I want to try and use this to like boost the articles. So I'm like, hey, like if you like really like what you're seeing, like go to RPG site because you know, like I talk about oh. Yahoo. Oh, so you did the viral thing where everyone like <laughs> she, the first. She, she's reply. trying to keep us alive. What the fuck? Yeah. The first reply is like instead of like sharing your new like your mix CD, now you're just telling people to go to our site. Appreciate it. That's great. Yeah. Appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Josh, where can they find you then? You can find me at HD Kirin, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. I'm not as Twitter-y famous as Adam here. I'm no. sorry. And all you do is, all you can find is like Chitty Fall Anime on my Twitter. That's it. That's fine. Uh, James, where can they find you? <laughs> at the suite, I am nowhere near as e-famous as those two. And uh, that's T-H-E, at T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. Thank you. Just, uh, you. You'll find your viral tweet. I believe in you. I think the most popular yeah, thing. Somebody I, uh... I, I started to get, um, getting the posts on Twitter and actually like start writing as I like three viral t- tweets in like the last week and a half. And now he has more followers than I do. Well, wow. that doesn't it doesn't take a whole lot. I think the most popular thing I had was when I called out a Steam developer who Valve banned a bunch of their games. That's like the only thing I've ever got in my entire <laughs> like tenure in this site. Yeah. So you can find me at Zach Reese. So that's it. Once again, this October 21st, 2017 edition of the TetraCast. Uh, thank you, Josh. Thank you, James. And thank you, of course, for Kazuma for being here for the first podcast. I hope you come again. You are actually a huge contributor here. Uh, I think it was great to have you on. Uh, really liked to, uh, hearing your opinion on everything. So Yeah, uh, thank you, Kazuma. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, no thank problem. You. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, this was very nice. So thank you again. Yes, Definitely, oh. please come on again. Yes, please. Uh, we, you, need, we need more voices here. Uh, aside from I can't us. wait to see Kazuma Game of the Year going out for Yakuza oh Zero. No, 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 I was seriously gonna recommend that. Oh like, no, everyone's gonna go near, but that's me. Like Yakuza Zero, like hmm. That's <laughs> you and Kyle. Kyle reviewed it for the site, so he's gonna be fighting for it as well, I'm sure. Uh, and I got, I, I'm sitting over there. I need to play it, so I'll be playing that before the end of the year because I want to be with you guys. My playthrough too. Yeah, definitely get on it. So that's it. Uh, once again, thank you all for listening, and catch us next week for another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone. <laughs>